Hello and a very warm welcome to episode 58 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. I'm your host Chris Laverick and on the show today we have James Doe. James, who's the founder and coordinator of the yearly non-league day. We talk about this excellent initiative, how it's grown since its humble beginnings in 2010 and a whole lot more. Also on the show, we have the usual banter from our SBTS Fan Roundtable regulars, rounding up a cracking week. Enjoy, Hastings fans. Before we hand over to James, this is the part of the show we give out some shout-outs. So from now on, any news fan that wants a mention and sends a little message to me, a loved one, or fellow news fan, this is when it will get read out. Remember, the email is hufcpod at gmail.com and the Twitter at hufcpodcast. Anyway, here's the big shout-out to Philippe Grell. Philippe of Bonn, Germany, who's made his dad, Robert, very, very proud after bagging a goal for TUS Mondorf under-12s. Well done, that lad. Now over to James. Okay, well, I'm joined by the wonderful James Doe. James Doe is the head honcho of uh, Non-League Day. Um, Non-League Day has been going now to my records anyway, since 2010, um, a brilliant initiative. First of all, James, hello. Hi there. Hi. First, James, please, could you just tell us, like, what, what, why did, why you got this started? And, and, and like, for, for the people that don't know what non-league day is, like, well, what's kind of its remit? I mean, I've, I've seen that there's even Premier League, Premier League clubs have been involved. Could you just tell us a bit more about it? Okay, so, in a nutshell... Non-league day is primarily just an event to drive up attendance at non-league matches. Uh, to maximise this, we schedule the day on an international weekend for an international break. So if there are no Premier League or Championship games to go up against, this is sort of serves a sort of double purpose in that there's lots of fans washing around without the game who might want to go and see something else. And secondly, it lives up because they haven't got much else to do. And uh, it, it seems to work. So, yeah, we first did it in 2010, as you rightly said, when I kind of had a bit of a eureka moment because I was at watching uh, QPR, who are my football league team that I follow. Yeah, they were, and they were mine back oh. in the day, by the way, James. Oh, okay. so, yeah, I'm, I'm originally from West London, so, um, <laughs> yes, many, many, a, many a day uh, I climbed over, climbed over the wall to get into that Loftus Road, so, yeah. Lovely stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was on a pre-season tour with them, watching them down in Devon, oh, cool. and they had had a game against Tavistock. Uh, Neil Warnock was the manager at the time, and he always takes whoever he's managing down there, because I believe he lives down that sort of part of the world. Mm. And um, yeah, so Tavistock were hosting it, and as we sort of came into town, it was obvious how massive just this pre-season game against QPR was. I mean, there were posters for it, all around town. I seem to remember seeing one on the side of a bus. And it was a really big deal. Mm. And we sort of got there, the QPR fans had turned out in force. The place was packed to the rafters. And we were treated really, really well by the Tavistock fans and officials. It was a really nice experience. And everything went really well. And I just, I thought, why wouldn't it be great if if there are times when, you know, fans of the the big clubs went out and watched non-league more and more, you know, more than they do now. But I didn't really think much of it. And then I went back to London and a week or two later to go and watch the non-league team that I support, which is Harrow Borough. 
Okay. And they uh, were holding a fundraiser for floodlight bulbs. And I thought, well, this is a bit strange. I just thought that was a sort of fairly routine cost for a club of their size. I wouldn't have thought they needed to do that. But then it occurred to me, sort of like, we still, you know, in the aftermath of the financial crash of 2008. And as I sort of looked around, I sort of found out there were a lot more non-league clubs were really struggling. Mm. And I suddenly thought, hmm, now then, what what can I do? And, and then for some reason, I just suddenly noticed that there was an international break coming up about six weeks later at the beginning of September. Mm. And I think it's the first one that had ever happened where England weren't actually playing on the Saturday. They were playing on the Friday night. Yeah. And I suddenly thought, wow, there's this big, big gap. We could do something here. That, you know, and I just, you know, I didn't think anything of it, but I just thought, oh, I'll create a Facebook uh, event and just send it to my friends just to try and get them to go and watch their local clubs. Yeah. And it turned out that my friends on Facebook, some of whom were quite into non-league and I didn't actually realise it and they sort of forwarded it on and it became viral and yeah from six weeks later it suddenly I had a national event on my hands and it was all a bit bonkers <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history so uh, yeah. yeah that's how it was starting yeah no marvellous because I know having looked at the, some of the history of it, it you've had like Premier League clubs have supported this yeah I mean I, I, I don't know if you've got any particular instances you want to mention of Okay. Good work from well, some of the clubs. Yeah. So what's been really interesting is how over the last few years, our relationship with the Premier League itself has got really good. Um, they do a lot to encourage their member clubs to get involved. Um, and it's it's interesting to see how some clubs, how we used to do it, we've got a member of our team who approaches each one of the clubs in the Premier League and in the Championship and sends them a an email saying, what's going on? Um, what's going on in your locale? Can you sort of, you know, perhaps put an article in your program or whatever? And in the early days, you know, we were lucky to even get a no from the clubs. They'd try to ignore us, mm. say no or, or whatever. But over the years and with the backing of the league itself, that has completely changed around. So, you know, club the biggest clubs in the land, you know, Liverpool, Man City, uh, are particularly helpful down in London, Arsenal have always got involved. I remember they have a very strong relationship with Boreham Wood, mm. and they uh, the first thing they did with them was when Boreham Wood were away, they would give them their team coach, the bus, with oh, Arsenal all over it, and take them to their away games, which at the time was quite a big deal. Um, I mean, I say we get routinely we get lots of social media uh, coverage, uh, program articles. Some clubs will put a match finder on their own website uh, saying, you know, put in your postcode and find your local match. Oh, I mean, it's it's beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, the Premier League themselves put marketing out in, in some of their emails and on their website they do stories about players that have come from non-league. They, they like, have put together a non-league 11, Premier League 11 most years to show who's come through the ranks and all the rest of it. Um, and they, they couldn't be much more helpful um, compared to some organisations who I won't name, who I think could do more in the football world. You can't can, you can name them. You can name them. Please, James, <laughs> please, you can name them. <laughs> um, well, it begins with F and ends in A. Yeah. And, uh, they, they don't, I know they what don't, that stands for. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they haven't not done anything, but they, uh, they're not as 
that enthusiastic as, as the Premier League have been. And that might surprise some of your listeners because, they, you know, the Premier League does get quite a bad rap. But over the last few years, they've probably given us and their clubs, you know, if we're a proper corporate business, they've probably given us hundreds and thousands of pounds worth of free advertising, if not millions. Mm. Um, and... But they're, they're, they're not stupid, are they, James? Because well, they, they know that this is the. Let's be honest. This is the bloody lifeblood of football. Is the non-league well, and, and uh, yeah, and, I, and that's a very good point because I would like to stress that despite what people might think, there are people in the Premier League who do realise that and who do think like that because I meet them regularly and they they blatantly said it to me. You know, this is in our interest. You know, it's, mm. we've got, you know this is it's it's not just something we're doing for fun or to look good, but it is in the interest of of the Premier League and the game in this country. How, what, what, what league Haribar are in? Uh, the Southern Premier. Southern Premier. Uh, steps, oh. steps, step three. Well, I'm obviously uh, Hastings with like step four and the, 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 there's there's a few really good clubs that have sussed out that they need to do this to bring fans in, you know, to do the special days, to do the events, to get the kids in and there's clubs like, like ours, Hastings, who are getting great attendances but that is there's been a lot of work behind the scenes for that to happen. That isn't just that it magically happens. Teams like Ramsgate as well. Ramsgate, I'm very impressed with them. They're always laying stuff on for kids. But Haywards Heath, teams like that. Yeah. Um, but then you'll you'll look round and you'll see lots and lots of clubs that are just well, it's just desperate. And yeah. the more we can highlight and particular, I'm particularly thinking from a non-league level. So a lot of these clubs that are there just to kick them a slight little kick up the bum, just like look get these things started you'll be amazed as you said you'd be amazed like once you start talking to people you realise how much they love the game they love the non-leagues that they're involved with this because this is what we're one big family you know whether people want to want it that or not that's a different question but we are and you know we we can help each other yeah yeah no I mean I've heard I think it's your I don't know if it's your chairman or your CEO on on the non-league show before telling oh was that Billy Wood yeah Yeah, he's done yeah he's done a great job um, and you know we've got some friends uh, at White Hawk along the coast there who've done some amazing things to bring in fans. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, I didn't mention great. White Hawk. I do apologise. Uh, <laughs> 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 but um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, it is really. You make a very good point about it, how it is very noticeable how some clubs aren't engaging and they're suffering. I mean, my own club Harrow have been, you know, living very much in the shadow of our illustrious uh, neighbours at Wheelstone for the last God knows how many years and they have you know gone out and they get ten times as many people through the gate that we do and only a couple of miles down the road um, but I'm pleased to say that the pennies dropped and sort of a younger generation of fans have started to come in and in the last just in a few weeks they've started trying some schemes and you know the crowds are noticeably going up already in those early days, and they're still small by compared to some clubs like your own, but they're they're going in the right direction. So it doesn't take much to get started, but I appreciate that you've got to have the people there, the people with the skills, the people with the ability and the ambition to do it. But it, you know, just reaching out a little bit more. I mean, Harrow, they've only embraced social media in the last few last year or so, which is bonkers. I think they're the highest ranked club to not have an official sort of Facebook or, or Twitter account and uh, they uh, have, have now so wow. it, just that alone makes mm. a huge difference well that, I mean we're touching there on, on, on the volunteers thing there which is the, the, again if, if we didn't have it because everyone does this for free 
uh, well, mostly, yeah. um, that, uh, well, I do. <laughs> well, the, yeah. the, the, um, uh, maybe I'm the only one that does. Uh, no, the, uh, the, you know, it, it, the, that countless, countless, countless hours, I can reel off 15, 20 people I know from, from, from Hastings that give so much of their time that don't ask for a penny, um, that do it for the love of the game. And it's just that once you get that ball rolling in terms of people involved with the club, that's when you're particularly social media, you need someone to do the social media. It's very easy to create a Facebook, a Twitter and all that sort of stuff. But it's the it's getting that content out there, uh, making it relevant, making it interesting to the people that can, so that people are going to pay attention to it. So, um, yeah. You've got to get the tone right as well because, I mean, some people who do these social media, it's just... It says, well, it looks unprofessional, and some of the things they say might be a bit too partisan, especially during match commentaries. And it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, coming from a sort of a sports journalism background, that kind of makes my. You've seen, you've seen that Whitehawk Twitter. You've seen it, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, talking, talk, talking of um, special things being laid on. I mean, I, I must just mention. We we just t- talking about the one of the I think it, was, it says here twenty thirteen I think it was where Bungie Town uh, yeah. gave out pummets of mushrooms, yeah, um, uh, which has got to be one of the more different yeah. uh, things to that. Well, I was a bit concerned that they could have been magic mushrooms, but I'm sure it was just yeah. pummets of normal <laughs> mushrooms. Yes, I believe so. I think one of their board owned a mushroom farm or something, so he was giving them out as an incentive. But yeah, they people at Bungie. Um, made a bit of a habit of getting something eye-catching going for two or three years. Uh, I don't know what's happened since, but yeah, the, I mean, that mushroom story is probably the biggest um, story ever. <laughs> Certainly for special offers. I mean, I think if you search for it, I think it was coming up on something like the New York Times or the Washington Post. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And the China Day, you were covering it, all sorts of things. I mean, it was around the world, that story. Um, but yeah, the year before, I think the first year they did it, they actually paid people to come. Uh, they gave you 5p if you turned up. Oh. But um, that's still not quite as exciting as mushrooms. Yeah, I know. But, well, uh, we all love mushrooms, don't we? So, uh, yeah. that, that... And, and also, I think um, it was Great Yarmouth. They gave away free bloaters. That's their <laughs> nickname. And they, they did you know, sort of fish sandwiches, yeah. bloaters in a, in a bun or something when Ooh. you turned up. So that was quite a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, unfortunately for, 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 for Hastings, though, we're actually away. We're at East Grinstead that day, which is the 26th of March, for everyone that's listening, 26th of March. Now, I will be pestering East Grinstead, uh, and I personally would like if you could give them a little n- nibble as well um, yep. about doing something that day, because I know that we're at Hastings for this level, we're a very well-supported club and we will be taking people there so it would be yeah. great if we can get something going at East Grinstead for non-league day but across the league to be fair yeah yeah well I mean the league themselves the Ismail League are, are very good and very pro non-league day so hopefully their messaging will be going out to all the clubs so hopefully it'll get through to them but I'm pretty sure East Grinstead have done stuff in the past so yeah hopefully you won't be disappointed well, we'll, we'll we'll be talking about it anyway when we're there. <laughs> Don't you worry, we'll be telling them. Uh, we, well, it'll be at the bar. Is this a non-league day? So is it free beer? Is it a, <laughs> a free program? I'm hoping I'm hoping they got a printed program because that's one of my bugbears. So um, James, like, so you've done this now. It's, it's this is the the twelfth year. 
it's the 12th year of doing this and obviously the, the pandemic has well it's really hit the non-league let's be fair and hope and yeah. we are seeing attendances pick up as you've yeah, said yeah. what what's your hopes and goals for the next few years where do you see this going it's really interesting the, the effect the pandemic has had on non-league football because I think rather you know some clubs have really really benefited from, from it from the point of view that when they have been allowed to have uh, crowds back um, the big clubs haven't and there's been a kind of non-league day sort of scenario for a lot of clubs over the last few months you know going back to last season some clubs mm. are getting huge attendances and I think um, you know some people have, have stuck with it I mean over Christmas just gone uh, some of the attendances of some of the, the big sort of Christmas games are absolutely enormous at the weekend you know there's some of these FA Trophy and FA Vars matches very impressive attendances so some of these these people have definitely stuck and, and are coming back and more people are coming in mm. I'm actually quite excited about this year's non-league day I think it's got the potential to certainly be or quite possibly be the biggest one we've had because I think there's still a bit of a reaction to the whole European Super League idea as well I think a lot of people tried out non-league almost as a protest when that happened last year. Yeah, I think that's won more people back. Um, I think the Premier League, some of the games are, and the EFL for that matter, some of the games during, especially because of the pandemic and the effect it's had on people's finances. Myself, I, I hardly go and watch QPR. Yeah. I've been once this season, and that's mainly down to the fact that I don't see it as good value anymore, even though the football is really good. I can't justify paying thirty odd pounds just to take myself when I could go and watch three or four or five non-league matches for the same price. Mm. It doesn't make sense to me anymore, even though it's on my doorstep, which is weird. My in the immediate term, I want to try and make this non-league day really sort of knockout and the best it's ever been. I mean, we've got more partners lined up than we've ever had, doing all sorts of things. So hopefully that'll help. And then down the line, um, yeah. Domestically, I want to grow it as big as it can be. I haven't quite cracked taking it over the border into Scotland and, and Wales and places like that because the demand for it, for some reason, isn't there. We've tried, um, but yeah, it just doesn't seem to take. I think the idea, in, the problem in Wales is that their premier competition is their League of Wales. And although the clubs are, with respect, like non-league teams, the fact that they can get into the Champions League at the end of the season doesn't seem quite <laughs> right. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't want to be involved, so that's that's fine. But we have grown the event in big places like France and Germany, where there are now uh, sort of sister events. And we had this big meeting in Paris a couple of years ago before the pandemic, with all these big plans to have this big day across Europe. And then oh, wow. COVID came and ruined the whole thing. So that was a real shame. But those, uh, those guys are still hosting their own events independently. So that's really good, but I'd like to coordinate that more and, and try and, and make it a big or pan-European day if possible. I mean, that would be brilliant. Well, yeah, if you I'm, ever I'm, need any help with that, yeah. James, I mean, I've got the bug. I really do. I yeah. really do have the, the non-league bug. Uh, Hastings has, has really got me loving football again. Yep. So, you know... Uh, we, we actually have a, funnily enough, uh, we, we've got um, a German wing of the Hastings United Supporters Club. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They're called the 10 German Bombers. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's, they have called themselves that. So uh, okay. it's not that, and, and they are German. Right. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, if you give me that, uh, well, after we're done, maybe, if you give me the links for the uh, the German 
um, yep. non-league day. We'd love to get uh, Rob, Robert, who runs it, I'd love to and um, message him and uh, tell him about that because I'm sure the non-league club he's at, which is, oh, I might be getting this wrong, it's Bon SC, I think is the non-league okay. club he's, he's at. Um, I'll tell you what we need to do. First of all, website. What's that website for us, please, sir? Okay. Yeah, it's just simply nonleaguedayuk um, yeah, that's it. And the, twi- <laughs> and the Twitter, sir? Okay, that's a bit more complicated. That's non-league day UK. Oh, no. So those are the two main things. We are on Facebook, but it's not as busy as it could be. And Instagram, we're just starting to launch. So again, that's quite a new thing. But those, the those are the two main ways to get, and, get into contact. Yeah. And the main feature on the website is, once it's up and running, is the match finder. So you put in your postcode and it will show you what your nearest game is. And that's the biggest thing on our site. Yeah, it gets loads of traffic. So... Oh, excellent. Well, I mean, again, at Hastings, we've also got our own match day commentary. Uh, I will talk to Adam, who runs it, hufcradio.co.uk. And I will make sure he mentions and we promote this going up because, I mean, it's not it's not far away now, 26th of March. No, uh, but we will <laughs> make sure we promote this every week. And hopefully, uh, f- from our little small little end, we can help make this grow. Brilliant. Thank you very much. You take care, James. And, uh, well, see you at the game. Take care. And now over to the SBTS Fan Roundtable. And a big thanks to Robbie, Gina, Gary, Malcolm, Andy, Johnny Wills, with a little run-in from the CEO himself, Billy Wood, for making it happen. Right, I'm just trying to find out where the rest of them are. I know that Georgina... And Gary coming on, but they're going to be at the under 23s game, so I don't know if that is going to work. Perhaps we go to a couple of minutes and then we'll go, yeah, because I know all of us mm. are, are going to be out with our loved ones. Um, all right, Robbie. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> well, later, <laughs> later, anyway. later, Robbie. The rubbing in comes later. <laughs> I saw that good. There's a good one that one of my mates posted about, uh, you know, if you are on your own this Valentine's, you know, don't be sad because. No one likes you any other day of the year. I mean, I thought that was a good one. I thought it was a good one. Lee, I resisted the temptation. Leon tweeted something about he tweeted something about rubbing in deep heat this morning. Yeah, that's that could go anywhere. That could thought, yeah, exactly. And I thought he'd started his Valentine's Day warm up early. <laughs> he was a, a bit early for the old limbering up. Yeah. All right, come on. Where's Wills? Sorry, caught up. See you in a minute. Oh, that's another Valentine's thing, isn't it? Ooh. <laughs> well, yeah, what has he caught up in? Yeah. yeah, won't be long. I'm sure he won't be long. Hopes he meets tied up. <laughs> <laughs> he does look the tightest into that, I think. But Will's he? Well, as, as um, I don't know if you saw it, Malcolm, but uh, um, Windy John said that, because obviously with his hair, yeah, he started calling him Hair Flick. Do you remember the one out of Hello, oh, yeah. Hello? Yeah. So we've started a bit of that, a bit of that banter going back and forth. Oh, okay. So uh, even Billy Wood came up to him on Saturday and just out of the blue, just said, "Oh, your ha- hair's looking good." Oh, yeah. Oh, Poseidon Adventures on. There he is. It's a seep through. Oh, it's looking good. Ma- Malcolm was wondering if you'd be tied up somewhere, John. Yeah, no, that's a, that's. It's every other night that happens. 
There's not, it doesn't happen to be that night, but sorry I'm late. That's all right, everyone else is as well. Hello, Malcolm. Hello, it's normally me that's late, so welcome. Uh, no, people keep thinking I've died because I'm referred to as the, the, the late John Wills. <laughs> ah, terrible joke to start with. Exactly, I apologize. Yeah. yeah. It's like an episode, the way you tell of the com- episode of The Comedians from about 1974. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Before my time, Andy. Yeah. Um, got yeah. the, I've got the, got the mother-in-law coming round and all the mice are throwing themselves on the traps, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all those classics. Don't get Chris started on that. Well, don't, because my mother-in-law listens, yeah? And she uh, does say I'm her favourite son-in-law. Current, <laughs> current son-in-law. I say always no Tommy Cooper jokes. So much better than last week's. <laughs> Oh, we say about my wife, right? <laughs> and thank you for coming on the round table. Thank you to Robbie, uh, Daddy Stone. I had it all queued up for you, but you uh, you weren't listening earlier, Malcolm. I've had a bit of a uh, early teenage arrival for my five year old, who's been an absolute brat. So I've I've uh, I've not been able to get you cue your music up. So I do apologise. We'll have to do that for next week. It's do- fine. Uh, just please forgive me. I'm not me, offended please. in any way, Chris. It's fine. Are you sure? Because is that not a microaggression? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, okay. I'll do it. Well, and if I knew what one of them was, then maybe it might be. But... Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Well, I think if it was, I think if it was, Chris will have to take a week off sick now, I should think, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, to the wonderful Flat White Andy and to a magnificent look at the, the, the poof. Look at the poof on that, Wills. Look hey, at it. What? Don't want to have that language on here. It's it's wonderful hair today. <laughs> it really is like a shredded wheat advert. Oh. Yes. It's surprising what a transfer <laughs> from your bikini line can do. <laughs> and talking of bikini lines, um, we seem to have a late arrival. And I think it could be the bikini one himself. Yeah, yes, Gina. Where is he? It's not going to work. This. Going to go outside. Oh, Let's gosh, see. Go outside. Yeah. Get rid. Shut up. <laughs> That's got to be Gary. That's got to be Gary. Gary's <laughs> here. Still is here. Gina, we're going to crack into this, and we'll just jump to you when we can. Okay. 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 Oh, right in. Ah. Oh. So obviously Gina's Gina's at the under twenty three game with Gary. So um, one nil. What we're already winning. Yeah, we're bloody good, aren't we? And uh, obviously, I'm sorry. uh, Yeah, so we've mentioned John Wills. So gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on, and ladies, and uh, Gary's in there somewhere as well. Uh, Opposite? No, actually, we won't go there. Right. uh, Stop, Chris. Right. (laughs) No. I don't know if Gary's in there right now. We can't see, but it is Valentine's and, uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's deserving. Right. A, a fantastic, a fantastic week again. Uh, Marvellous last minute, last gasp. I just loved it. And anyone that was listening to the footage of the video can hear how I called that ball into the goal. 
their defender laughing at us. He had the ch- he was laughing at us, and I said, "You ain't gonna be laughing now." Ball goes in, so I want to I want to take a, a small amount of credit for the goal, only a small amount. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. yeah Screw TC, don't do it, or you. Mm. <laughs> well, no, well, it was fi- well. Finn, Finn was av- Finn was uh, demanding that was his goal. I gave it to Finn right up until this morning when I saw it on Twitter and that that it was um, TC. But uh, yeah, I gave it to Finny uh, all Saturday and all Sunday. <laughs> it was Finny's goal. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, thought, yeah. I thought I thought it was it wasn't Finn's goal all the way. I mean, it was definitely TC. Well, it was quite clear when you saw the replay. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, he was right in front of us. It's quite Ooh. funny. I'm sure he's got something going on with the bookies because he was keeping that. He was well happy to keep that for a little while. But um, yeah. to, I mean, who wants to start off on the, what was an average game, but the the wins, the win that all that matters. That was pretty classic scrappy game. We would have lost two, three years ago. Obviously, horrible pitch. Really struggled to set on the game. Sitting one came to stop us playing, which we did very successfully. So first half. Very poor quality. We got a bit of a lucky bounce in the corner. Keeper went down injured. Ball fell to Stoney. Lovely finish. Right for the home. Classic them. Obviously, they had one decent attack scored from it. Nothing much else happened in the first half. The real change in the second half, obviously, because um, two fantastic substitutions and James Hull and Kenny Poe coming on. Mm, James Hull, credit needs to go to him. He was, I'll be honest, up there for my man of the match. Simply because every ball he was chasing, the runs he was making, he was pulling defenders aside. Even when we went down to 10 men, he was still causing havoc. Him and Kenny linking up really well. Obviously, I'd probably give him another match to one of the defenders, but he was up there as well for a fantastic performance. And then, um, obviously, the game was tricky. Looked like we might get a second Ricardo points on the tackles flying in. And then once it was piecing back to a draw, a long ball, it was going out. The ball was lost. There's no need to chase it. Kenny, what does Kenny do? Kenny chased it. He chased a dead ball out of nowhere, wins a cheap corner. I mean, it's the Chiefs' cheap corners. Fredo Bar corner. Get the corner, pin perfect cross, and Tom Chalmers being the man who loves to prove me wrong, loves to score a goal <laughs> after I doubted him for so much. <laughs> Gets a what a world class finish, great header, great scenes. Oh, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Um, Malcolm, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was a it was a poor game, uh, and I, I think um, every player there, certainly the ones that I spoke to, and uh, and it was a majority of them um, accepted that they'd had a, a poor game. Um, I certainly don't think the conditions helped in any way. Uh, I know Craig complained at the ground. It didn't look that bad, I must admit, from from uh, outside. But, um, you know, the way the ball was bouncing and the way the players were, um, it was quite obviously um, boggy. I spoke to a few of them as well and to a couple of their players. And that uh, goalkeeper um, had broken his foot two days previously. Um, so that wasn't an injury that happened from the corner. Um, it just made it worse. Uh, but yeah, how you can play a goalkeeper that's got a broken foot, um, that it broke obviously on the Thursday, Wednesday or the Thursday, I don't know. Um, a goalie, did... yeah, the goalie, I don't know if he was, I don't know if you were there at the time, Michael, but he was showing on his phone, he had a picture of his foot, this massive swelling and, and, and gash at the top. Um yeah. And it it said earlier that, it, or afterwards, that he broke it two days earlier. And Josh had already told me, he said he's got a broken foot. He'd done it a couple of days ago. You know, so, um, yeah, he's done I well heard... to even go out there, I think. 
Mm. Yeah, go on, John. I heard he'd broken his foot in two places. I think it was Herm Bay and Ramsgate. Billy Woods. Hello, Hi, Billy. Billy. Hi, Billy. How's everyone? Everyone well? Yeah, we're all right. Mm. Gina seems to be doing a podcast from here, so I thought I'd put my head in. So, hello. Yeah. Hello, Billy. Always welcome, Billy. What's happening with that hair, Billy? Billy? What's that? What's happening with that hair? You're trying to style it like John now. I wish I had hair like John, that's for sure. <laughs> but John looks very smart tonight. Um, how are you? How is everyone now? Everyone good after the weekend? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, good, Billy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was good. It was a, a real well-scrapped three points. And uh, for someone that comes from the Don Reby coaching era of football and my younger days, uh, I, I enjoyed that. You know, you can have the silky football on a on a you know smooth pitch but you've got to have those games and they're just as good really because of what it means and and of course um how the atmosphere that we had in the in the crowd there oh you lot were exceptional at the end by the way that was great to see i know people don't always like a little bit of spillage onto the pitch but it was great to see the emotion from everyone to get that from us getting that winner and like you say, John, and the most important thing is when that final whistle was blown, we got three points. Yeah. By hook or by crook, we still walked out of three points. And that's how you win leagues. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh... that's... Right. Well, I'm not going to yeah. ramble tonight. But I'm getting an out. So back to, <laughs> back, back to the actual scheduled conversation. I'll see you guys soon. Yeah, see yeah. Take care, Cheers, Billy. Billy. Oh, cheers, Bye. mate. Why do they always feel the best? I've watched hundreds of games of football. Mm. Um, but the ones that are scored with virtually the final kick of the game yeah. and you win it and get three points. Why do they feel so great? It doesn't matter how much the exactly. how rubbish the game was or anything like that. Yeah. But just to win it then with a final kick. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. It's I think the passion and emotion. I got I asked that question today when I was talking about the game. I was like, would you rather Hastings won eight nil or that? I was like, every week I'd have that. Every mm. week without a doubt. Because yeah. you go through so much emotions. I mean Christopher you go you guys are there on the goal it's here, I was going every time they attack, like, oh no, oh no, oh no, we're conceding here. I, I, I lost faith at a couple of points. You did? I did. Yeah. I miss it. I lost faith. I was down. I was, take, I was begging for a draw at some points. But and just from that to the absolute ecstasy carnage of that celebration, yeah. where I must have pretty much hugged about 20 different people. What a, what a moment. I was I the same, Robbie. With about 10 minutes to go, I would have taken a point quite easily. In fact, mm. I was praying for a point. Um, letting them three, I, I couldn't see, three yeah, coming, to be fair, but uh, uh, yeah, I felt the same at that point. We would have taken a draw, but isn't it strange how a, a team goes down to 10 men and play better? There's some, some adrenaline that kicks in, and also from their point of view, you've got to really have a good tactic to benefit from having the man extra, and they didn't. You, you know, you've got to yeah. get us chased. I agree, John. Oh. I don't think we played better. I think they yeah, played they... worse. They just yeah. seemed to... We went down to 10 men and they went... They just went out of the game, didn't yeah. they? They they just sort of... I don't know whether they thought, well, it'll come anyway, so we don't have to improve. Or mm. uh, And we didn't seem to get any better. They just got worse. I thought that. I thought, I thought that it's almost like they thought we're guaranteed a point here. And they, they definitely didn't play as sharply. They, they weren't as sharp. They weren't as quick. They, they weren't great in the first half, sitting ball, but they were all over it. And there were a couple of players there 
that were that were winning every second ball in midfield. But in the second half, they almost accepted the point themselves, and that gave us. And you could almost feel that the play because of the way we are at the moment, the players felt that something might come out of it because Sittingbourne had almost settled for the point. And so they let us off the hook a little bit. And Robbie hit the nail on the head. The substitute, I thought the substitutes were brilliantly decisive. I think when Chris was towards the end of his time, he, w- he was noticeably paralysed when we were in trouble, I think, and never, never threw people on and made changes. But what Gary has done has made decisive changes and it was, it was um, yeah, the way that James and Kenny were, they weren't just making runs up and down the pitch. They kept on swapping, kept on pulling people back and forth. And that just totally took the pressure off because their scrapping for the ball and their movement gave Sittingbourne more to worry about. And you'd think that, that it would have been Sittingbourne that would have been doing that. And yeah. thinking that this game's yeah. need to be won. And they did not, they, they, as John, uh, rightly, uh, well, credit to John, at the time said, you know, when he, when he went off, this could work in our favour. Mm. You know, so I'll give John credit. Uh, he, he really did see what was going to happen. Let, talking of seeing, let's ask Gina. Gina, what about your thoughts on the game, Gina? Um, I thought it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Well, I enjoy every game I watch, with Hastings anyway. So. <laughs> but I did think there was a bit slow in the second half to what they were in the first and I thought that they sat back a bit like they were actually both teams were playing for the draw and then when they realised how um, they, the other team was actually sitting back they took that opportunity to smash it and that's when we scored mm. yeah. no, it was great it was great wasn't it I mean with, with those substitutions yeah just, everyone played that belief well, started coming well. back didn't it and yeah. even even Sam Hassler coming on, he was so he got himself booked, but he was so busy, he was just um, breaking things up again. And 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 it, yeah, it was it was just so good to see substitutions really work, really working. And and yeah, that little bit. Of, I mean, Robbie again hit the nail on the head. That little bit of nouse from Kenny Pogue of chasing that down and and making the bloke put it out for the corner. And he just thought. You just, you just sort of almost knew it was going to happen for once. And that, that's the feeling they give you now. I thought for the last 20 minutes, we're not going to lose this. For the first hour and a bit, I thought we could lose this. Then suddenly I suddenly thought, we, we're not going to lose this. Because of the way, again, well, Gina said it as well, because Sittingbourne backed off. I, I think they, they hated the pitch as much as we did as well. So they, <laughs> the pitch was like, if last pit week's pitch were, the after pitch was like John's hairstyle. This was like a Belgian waffle, the way the ball was sort of, took on a life of its own on the pitch. There was one time where the one of their players was running sort of diagonally across the, the pitch and the ball was like, he was like he was chasing the ball. It was like it was, had a mind of its own. Yeah. It was like, like, I thought it was like a West Ham player chasing a cat. <laughs> it was just, um, yeah, madness. Yeah. It's, it's, it is the psychology of the game, isn't it? I, I really felt, going back to that when, you, when, the man, when the guy was sent off, in Hastings' minds, it's like, right, we've all got to up our game or else we're going to mm. end up in the Sittingbourne minds. It's, oh, we should have this. We've got a man extra, you know, and it it, it kind of, um, that's why it just evened out, didn't it? And um, it was there for whoever wanted it the most. 
one player of theirs who did go so their right little right winger gave us a hell of a lot of Number trouble. Seven. He was, he was yeah. a good player. He was good a good player. player. He was the only one who was a consistent thorn in our side. And he he always looked that he he was when they looked dangerous. But and they did give him great give him a lot of room, Andy, to play. Mm. You know, um, when um, I can't. Well, I can't think of his first name now. Is Cooney when he was on there? I think he gave him a lot of space to play. Yeah. Um, and then he was taken off, and Cisse was on there. And I don't think Cisse had a clue of really what he was doing. He was he was put on there as sort of a left wing back, and um, and he gave him even more space. So I think he had a I lot panicked, of freedom to play. Yeah, he did panic. Yeah. I think that I was a little bit of an object lesson. Yeah, but of playing the wing backs, we played the wing backs against Hythe, and it didn't matter a jot, did it? Because um, they put no pressure on. But again, but when you've got teams that do, got someone progressive on the wing like that, it gives you more to think about, I suppose, doesn't it? As they develop that style. Yeah, well, I say we played the wing backs against Ashford, and it worked really well. So it's obviously yeah. the first time it's, we maybe struggle a little. Yeah, but I think what helped is we play better against higher teams. If we know we're going to win, we don't tend to play as well. Mm. So I think when we had 10 men, the players were, oh, crap, I should have game here. Lads, let's, let's up our game. Mm. As it was 11, I think there's still a little bit of, uh, we'll just half-arse it a little bit. Maybe not intentionally, but players are like, we're going to win this anyway. Maybe we don't need to chase everything and that. So I think the red card, actually, it's an old football cliche. The red card helped us. They almost calmed down after the red card as well. That was another bizarre thing. They almost were more controlled and more more patient. It was a, and became, they became more method to everything. But yeah, well, and yeah, credit to like I, I just think James and Kenny up front were were it was oh, a game it was a game changer. Without doubt, I've not been excited about a player coming through since Adam Lovett. When Adam Lovett first came through and burst on the scene, I was like, oh, this player's going to go somewhere. What a player! He's he's going to be the first team. I'm now pulling out about James Hull. And I think I they're think. good mates, aren't they? So that was, so was probably good for James to come on with Kenny because I think. Um, always seen them warming up together and that sort of thing they seem to be quite good mates i think james even gave him a shout when he was on the podcast a while ago didn't he yeah so so it probably must have been a nice thing to come on at halftime with ken and get a full three quarters of an hour out of it um yeah pleased for him actually he's he's doing well no excellent uh, and the sending off i mean two fairly obvious yellows yeah no I, real I arguments both there. Yellows. the first one you could maybe argue was harsh the second one was just stupid he'd lost his player we had defenders covering it yeah. he was just frustrating and pulled him back it was the ref had no choice yeah. even I would have sent him off and I'm the most biased person you, <laughs> you see I mean and the referee was giving every nudge as well I thought the, the, he didn't really let almost didn't let anything go so there was no chance with with pulling someone back like that yeah I, I was looking at the team shit and I'm sure I'm sure one of the linesmen was like Dane Martin or something wasn't it yeah <laughs> Who was it? Dane was it? Dane was the linesman. Yeah, according to the um, program, Dane Martin was the lino, but the official team she had a different lino name, so I'm not <laughs> sure. But yeah, according to the um, program, it was Dane Martin was the lino. <laughs> he does everything. He does. Yeah. Still, yeah, so still, still arguing with himself. Disagree the decision though. <laughs> He's actually the lino tonight. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Does he ever have a day off, day off Gina? I don't know. <laughs> they has were he, a line those short, so he stepped up. <laughs> has he given anyone offside yet? Um, not that I've seen, because I'm oh. sitting up on the, the balcony bit, so... Oh, nice. Right. No, a, bit of, a bit of Sunday league, bit of Sunday league, Lionel. We're only ever giving the decisions one way. 
I'll tell you what we're what I thought was good in the non-glamorous positions of the team is is when they went down to 10 men, you see the intensity uh, and the work rate of people like Jack Dixon and also Sammy, um, Sammy Adams. Um, you, you could just see that. They're, they're real determination, which inspires others through the team, that there's a real challenge here and we're going to get stuck into it. Um, so that was good. And like you're saying about James Hull, he's... he's really kind of learnt from the school of Ben Pope, hasn't he, on how to really aggravate defenders. He gets stuck in there where it hurts, doesn't he? And um, he's got that youth on his side as well. He's hungry, mm. isn't he? He looks hungry when he's out there, yeah. so that's yeah. good. Yeah. No, I yeah. think that might prove to be a very, 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 very important win, that one. You know, I know, I know every game's worth three points all those cliches but a game like that to, to win a game like that champions win games like that simple as yeah that's a, just hopefully that's just something about it uh, Andrew Sue says parted ways with us we won't really talk about that but what we I want to talk about is who's taking his place who do you see who's on that team sheet that position next week not oh, me Chris. <laughs> not you oh, oh, I was back at you I was back at Mark uh, yeah, was, yeah, fair blow. It's easy to say, sure, but it was stay. He gave us a good performance, so best of luck to him wherever he goes. Yeah. But in terms of who we're going to go, we've got options. Normally, Scott's been brilliant since Gary Elphick's been in charge, so he can always get back in the team. I reckon and play Dave Marvel with experience, another option. It, it depends if we go for the wing back formation, it's that's where we'll see how many of our attacking wingers can do the wing back role. Does he say, say, show how much he struggled with it? It's like. Nori can. Nori, yeah, he can defend. He's, he's, uh, I'm surprised he hasn't played in front of Cissé, I must admit, um, because of his defensive abilities. He but does work hard, actually, now. He does, since, yeah. since he's got into the team this time round, it's noticeable him buzzing around a bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'd, I like Marcus Goldsmith. I like, I'd like to see him get more get more games, really. I think he, you know... He, He's a good, very, very good defender and can bring the ball out as well. I'd like to see him get more games. So I don't think we're short of options on that mm. side. Oh, God, no. Yeah, so Dave Meyer wasn't in the squad. And he's... No, I know. That's ridiculous. We've got loads of options. Obviously, Popey injured, but once he comes back, we've got him, Kenny, Dorsey, Hold up front. Some of them can fill out wide. We've got so many options. And obviously, the under-23 is constantly playing. We're constantly churning out good players. I'm sure Gary's got his eye on a couple of players that we're not fully aware of already for the first team, but we'll happily throw out there. I, I got, um, Peacock and Peacock and Leg will play wide as well. There you go, two yeah. fine examples. Yeah. Bates yeah, as well. Yeah. He's had a good game this season. He's as well. He got so quick. Are that all our thoughts on the game? Do we look forward to Phoenix? They've just managed to win a game, haven't they? They have. They're off the bottom of the table. Whitsport now, now bottom, so we're, we're we're battling a team on the bounce, but. No disrespect to Phoenix. At home against Phoenix, we should win that comfortably. Mm. Yeah, not much to say about Phoenix sports. Should be a goal different game, <laughs> shouldn't it? Yeah. Well, the should big night tomorrow night, obviously Tuesday. Because, oh, and the one-one now in the under-21s, under-23s. Can't call it off offside, one? Gina. <laughs> Tell him it's offside. <laughs> Are we going to say anything about the match off the pitch? They were very vocal lot, weren't they? And decided to stay behind the goal, the same place, 
both halves. Um, highest attendance of the season. Let's say that it was their highest attendance, wasn't it? Really? There's only 349. Mm. I know. Yeah. I, I, it's their highest of the season. I mean, I, shocking, thought, I was surprised how few. I thought that was a bit disappointing, really. Mm. Yeah. So they usually bring quite a few away fans normally in mm. circumstances. So it is surprising. It was bizarre that business of staying of um the, the slightly confrontational business of of staying down one end. It's the uh, that was that did make for a yeah, make for a weird sort of um dynamic, didn't it? It was a bit it was almost a bit I don't know just yeah stupid really. Yeah, yeah. We, we want to be in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the guy that was dressed up as a well. I don't know. He had a helmet on and a sword and a, well, all sorts. One of them was shouting out about the Battle of Hastings. I, I, I must admit, I did like that chant. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, did. I did. I did. You let us down. You let us down. Oh. That did make me laugh in the middle of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was there was a severe lack of teeth in the, that end. Uh, More fans say. than teeth, I thought was quite good. Two. I thought their banter was good you know they were yeah. singing all the sort of things we'd sing at away fans <laughs> and um there was just one lad when they scored that mm. got a bit carried away wasn't there which which wasn't it wasn't great especially for george but it was sort of dealt with wasn't it and i know gary gary was there where's gary now anyway there you are gary you are right, gary you all right you're right you were just saying about what happened at Sittingbourne. How uh, we how we made sure that nothing nothing kicked off. We sorted it out, didn't we? Well, it's terrible, really. How they went towards George. That's what kicked me off. How they grabbed him. Yeah, but we you sorted well, it out. You got straight in there. We sorted it out, didn't you? Like the proper steward you are. <laughs> Good job you didn't have your dress on because it doesn't come <laughs> over the same way. When you, <laughs> you get angry with a dress on. <laughs> No, oh, bless you. Um, yeah, I well, I yeah. Hopefully, well, George is all right, isn't he? He's, 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 right, yeah. he's okay. I mean, it wasn't could have been avoided probably, but I uh, say so moving aside, going on to a big night tomorrow night. So obviously, we've got three games in our league: East Grinstead versus Ashford, so they get their game in hand. Babson versus Home Bay, who aren't too far away in the playoff yeah. mix. Then Hayward Heath versus Ramsgate. There's some big, big games yeah. um, tomorrow night. Somebody, so. will, somebody will drop some points and they clear up their games in hand. So exactly. So put it straight, wouldn't it? Exactly they're, that. They're all faltering, aren't they? They, they? They'll win a game and then they lose a couple, didn't they? So mm. this is all lovely for us. Ashford are wildly inconsistent, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Well, same with Ramsgate. I thought like Ramsgate were a half decent team and they'll win one, lose. Lose a couple. Same with Hayward Heath and Herb Bay. Every mm. team that is around yeah. playing tomorrow. It feels, done like, that. feels like Cray Valley are going to be the, the team. Cray Valley away in a couple of weeks. Massive. Yeah, get a get a point at Cray Valley. Don't get beaten by them. And um, yeah, that's going to be a big game. Not only is it massive, Gary's saying the dress is on for Cray Valley. Is it Gina? Yes. <laughs> Not the heat is on. Not the heat is on, the dress is on. <laughs> That's it. With the mankini underneath. Oh, I mean, <laughs> come on. Oh, lush. <laughs> Don't encourage oh. you, Mandy. That's all right. That's all right. So, what a, what a vision on Valentine's Day. Yeah. No, thank you. As they say, it doesn't matter where you get your appetite as long as you eat at home. 
<laughs> I just say we had a had a chat with Lloyd Dawes afterwards. Um, in in the in the bar, he's got a very complicated injury. It's a bit sounds a bit like the the um, really chronic shin splints type thing, you know. Um, but but it, this lad is so he's so distraught about you, you know going out. It feels all right one day, and then another day you can have a walk down the shops, and it, it's it's um, the 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 um, Muscle pumps up in the sheath, and hey. um, <laughs> yeah, talk about Valentine's again, mate. <laughs> and and um, it's it's absolute agony, and you, you can't do anything. But, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, what I in the sheath is that what? is that hopefully he can have a bit of a remission on, on that because it's great. It's great to have his level of of skill. Because if he, if he was fit every game, we wouldn't have him here, would we? He'd be a few divisions higher, I believe. Funny one, isn't it? I mean, I'd love I'd love to see him be fit for next week. I mean, sorry for next season. Mm. You know, and he'd, he'd be so a so great, been waiting, great player. Waiting for Lloyd, it's sort of two two years, isn't it? Feels like feels like yonks. It's a shame because he's such an impact player. Well, but Malcolm's gone. Malcolm's left me. No, I was right. letting the cat out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Who let the cats out? Right. Yeah, that's it. Gentlemen and ladies, let's leave it there. Uh, Robbie, father of Stone, Stony Malcolm, Black White Andy, uh, Johnny Wells, Gina and Gary and everyone else at that under 23. Is it under 23 or under 21? Under 23. Under 23s. Thanks for coming on, and I will. Well, I won't see you at this Saturday's game, so I'll be listening on the radio. I'm a fan. Right, that's that's a that's an outrageous statement. That. So I was. I will. I will hear it. I'll hear it from the dulcet tones of Adam Carter, HUFC Radio. Is it yeah. just, just drop in. For, just drop in when we win the league, Chris. It'll be all right. Yeah. Just, oh, just, just pop, pop back. Pop back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Love all of you. Take care. Have a nice evening, everybody. See you, guys. Have a nice Valentine's. Don't do anything too naughty. Yep, don't pull anything. Well, or pump anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you need to, yeah. And on that note, that's it for another week, you fans. And in the words of the great lino lover himself, Robbie, it was absolute ecstasy carnage when Tom got that winner. What a feeling and what a team to follow, Hastings United. As ever, if you want to get in contact with the show or have any suggestions or want to get in on our weekly roundtables, that email again is hufcpod at gmail.com or on the Twitter, which is at hufcpodcast. You can get this podcast on all major platforms, be it Google Podcasts, Audible, iTunes, Spotify or Amazon Music. And we have a jam-packed YouTube channel, chock-a-block, full of video interviews and episodes from the podcast. Please, please, please give it a look, a comment or a like, but definitely subscribe. It's all free. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good week and see you at the game.